Welcome to Soul Searching. Our guest today is Katie Flaherty. Katie, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Nikki. Um, the reason I'm so excited for you guys all to meet Katie is she's really been through the epitome of doing some of the soul searching, being affected by the pandemic. Um, at the very beginning, I remember March 4th was the last time that I saw you in person. We were together on campus. You were taking leadership program with me. And then immediately we pivoted to work from home and uh, going virtual. And you had just started a role and then became, you know, launched in charge of securing PPE and safety for all employees at Microsoft. So tell us about that just right at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> That's right, Nikki. I remember, you know, you kind of saying, do you think we'll be here for our class next week? I'm like, I, I don't think so. Um, yeah, right, right. When I took on, you know, my new role, kind of leading our, our lobby and logistics teams for our Puget Sound Microsoft campus, um, COVID hit, you know, Washington and like the, we just had to really quickly pivot, um, you know, learning like, okay, how you know, will employees need to depart campus? Yes, they do. What will that mean for, you know, our teams, you know, providing lobby hosts and receptionists and, um, you know, asking them to leave campus and work virtual and remote, like um, the whole, all of us had to kind of revisit, how are we going to do our meetings? What are we going to do? And I remember our next class, um, helping you through Teams, you know, and how to navigate that. And gosh, it is, it's all of us have had to adapt. Um, and, you know, kind of the phrase of last year that we used as a team was remain agile um, through it, through it all and stay connected. Yeah, been, absolutely. And what would you say, you know, you leaned into, like, I don't know, a character trait or something or that helped you to make that pivot? You know, one of the things I um, kind of, my style and my DNA is more, um, you know, connecting with others and stay, make, making sure that connection stayed um, close with my team as well as, you know, my peers. Um, you know, I make friends at work too. And so making sure that, um, you know, first and foremost, I had to learn a new job. So I had to learn from my team and I couldn't do that in person. And so we did a lot of meetings via Teams um, and I had to kind of build those relationships. And I was, you know, and I'm in a leadership role. And so it was working with my partners and suppliers on creating that new um, relationship and understanding what the team actually does. And there was a lot of ownership on my logistics team, in particular, managing the PPE that we were acquiring and procuring as a company, and then you know creating the inventory for that and then redistributing. <clears throat> but it was rewarding at the same time because we knew we were putting it back out there for our employees that were essential to keep them safe. And then Microsoft, you know, did an amazing job donating some of those supplies to first responders. So while it was a lot of work, it was also um, rewarding at the same time, helping protect people as well. Well, thank you for also, you know, highlighting that, yes, it takes all this effort. And I really respect the humility that you talk about as a leader. And I think our listeners can um, be challenged by that piece of it to, you know, ask for help and also lean into that connection, the relationship piece of it. And, and how do we stay inspired instead of just give, give, give is realizing that something comes back, you know, that rewarding and helping people. Um, you know, today happens to be my brother's birthday. So I'm particularly 
empathetic because um, I know that you lost your sister and, you know, so it, it just thinking about kind of this work-life connection of like, you went through this transformation at work in the pandemic. How do you, I guess, maybe tell us a little bit about how maybe some of that helped prepare you for this transformation and, and dealing with grief at the loss of your sister? Gosh, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't, you know, something we expected to happen. Um, no one ever wants to lose a, a sibling or a family member, or even friend, um, and losing someone during the pandemic, oof, super hard. Um, and to be able to grieve someone during a pandemic, also very hard when, when you're having to social distance and, um, you know, family can't come up to be in person if they're flying from another state. For example, my, my niece, her daughter, um, we had to delay our memorial, which we ended up doing was a virtual memorial. And I guess to me, um, everything that we had to do to stay connected um, in our day jobs also kind of carried over to family. And, you know, I bought my mom an iPhone for the first time. She is not super technical. She doesn't have a computer. I work at Microsoft. I always have this like internal guilt. Mom should have a computer, but she doesn't, she's, she doesn't want one, right. <laughs> but was able to connect her um, with some technology and use FaceTime to make sure I was checking in with her. Um, my other siblings and I connected via text, via FaceTime, via um, any channel that we could to make sure that we were all okay. And we came together and thankfully I was prepared with some PPE myself to give to the family as well um, so that we can meet in person. Um, but the biggest kind of piece that I think I've seen a great job just uh, from our, my, my own personal leadership team, the, the organization I'm part of, um, they really emphasize that checking in with each other and making that um, not only should you be continuing your work, obviously, but like making sure that people are okay. Because mm -hmm. some people aren't in a family like my, I have a family, I have a husband, I have two daughters, um, but some people are living alone or they're far from family. And it's really, really hard um, to be working remote and being separate. And so um, making that time to connect with others, both on the personal side with family, but also with coworkers has been super important. I'm not the only person who's lost someone this last year. And I know that, and, you know, I, I try to reach out to those I know might need that connection too. Absolutely. Um, I guess two things is actually I just did a workshop yesterday on the, like, how can we improve work-life balance by aligning better? And you really illustrate that as, you know, we've got this best practice at work of um, like one-on-ones with our manager and, you know, team meetings and that type of a thing is, and it works well to stay connected and keep communication open and build trust. And then, you know, almost create that, you know, not to say like, oh, okay, it's 10 to 10 30, but, you know, being able to have, seeing that that work, it is effective at work and then how we can recreate that in our personal lives, some of that structure and process uh, that builds that. So thank you for highlighting that. I remember one thing you said that was just so poignant. I remember, you know, we're connected on LinkedIn and social media and I just, oh, it was such a tearjerker, but you said, you know, hugging is part of the healing process. Like that's one of the hardest parts of grieving mm -hmm. the loss of a loved one during this time. So, uh, you know, you're just so vulnerable as well. And the way that you're able to express that is just so, 
um, meaningful. So thank you. And I just, you know, launched some kind of soul searching for me too. So thank you for that. Um, you also have a unique perspective because your husband's a teacher, you know, so, you know, kind of seeing maybe another side of the story. I think, you know, there can, I work with a lot of clients and like, you know, being frustrated if school's not in or that, you know, there's not enough, et cetera. And, you know, I think always looking at what's another side of that story. So since you kind of sit on both sides as a parent and um, having that in your household, I guess maybe you can share your perspective on that. It's It's been such um, a fun experience watching my husband adapt. He's an elementary um, PE teacher. So to have someone in that, in that job um, have to come out of the gym, out from, you know, interacting with 500 plus students a week um, to doing PE lessons, you know, upstairs in our home and I'm downstairs on calls and my kids are in their bedrooms doing virtual school. Like it, it's been a, um, you know, just a learning experience for all of us and we've had to adapt to each other and we've never had this much time together. And I know a lot of people are, are um, adjusting to that balance, but I think for us, boy, communication is the biggest key. And it's talking through our schedules much more than we did before. And, um, you know, just checking in with each other and even the kids do it. We all say, okay, I've got a 8 a.m. call this morning. So you guys need to, you know, have breakfast and then move upstairs. And um, daddy's got a call at one o'clock with, you know, the other teachers. And so, you know, he's got to get back upstairs or he's got a 12 o'clock call. So his lunch will be taken from, from that room. Um, it's, it's that communication piece is really what it comes down to. And then also the respect, you know, um, respecting each other's and each other's time and every, every, all, each one of our time is valuable and important. Um, and I think we've all learned to, to work on that balance with each other much more than we did before. Katie, a theme I've been hearing a lot from, especially working parents who have kids at home is guilt you know, either guilt as a parent that you're not doing enough or when you do prioritize um, your kids and feeling guilty about work. So what advice or how have you been able to deal with that? I don't, um, my guilt is not as high right now. <laughs> so. There's no, it's filled up with grief, right? <laughs> Fortunately yeah. or unfortunately, right? I, you know, I traveled a lot, Nikki, um, earlier it, it, when I joined this organization, I did some traveling and the kids were super real little, like they were, you know, younger. And so I had travel mommy guilt, if that's even a phrase. Um, and so now- It should be, if not. <laughs> travel mommy guilt. Um, I, I feel like I'm present, more present now than I was before. And I'm more mindful about the time I spend with them. I am trying to do a better job putting down my phone closing my laptop, having dinner with the family, asking them how their day was. You know, my husband and I do that together. And sometimes, you know, it's not perfect. We are not a perfect family, um, but it's being mindful of that time that I that I do have with them. And then being honest and transparent of, mommy's gotta go to work today, um, you know, and this is why I'm going to work because it's important and it's actually making a difference out in the community. When we think about, um, again, back to what, you know, my team and, and, and my peers were asked to do is just protect our employees. And now we're, you know, partnering with some other entities, hospitals and um, 
you know, other organizations, other companies to try to help with some of these vaccination efforts. That's amazing. Um, Talk about that, purpose. Absolutely. That um, sounds like purpose. Yeah. And that mindfulness is a huge antidote to, you know, that's good to know that you can cure that, you know, guilty yeah. feeling or, you know, so thank well, you. Well, and I think the kids, the kids have done a great job. They've been real resilient through this. Like I'm, I'm super impressed with how kids have adapted to this probably better than some of us as adults. Um, but, you know, I'm just honest and transparent with the kids of this is the work, you know, that I'm doing today. And this is kind of the bigger picture as to what it is. And I don't get as many guilty feelings or tears. Um, okay. Cause I'm kind of just being honest with them about this is, this is what I do. And I love what I do. I love my job. So. Oh, that's awesome. What, how do you, think that you have been able to cultivate that resilience in them or is there a parenting principle that you've leaned into? <laughs> I think I'm a lot more organized, <laughs> like, which is hilarious given my background. I, I kind of came up through Microsoft as a business administrator and it's all about organization. I can do it much easier for someone else than myself. Um, but, you know, I, we are using Outlook calendar as a family and we're scheduling our time um, together, but we're also scheduling, you know, sports activities or piano lessons um, and, and just becoming more organized in a house when you're together and you're doing all your meals there and just planning, uh, being more planful, I guess. Okay. Um, I love that calendar. I'm going to have to send my family a <laughs> meeting request to play Settlers of Catan or something. <laughs> it helps. It's really, it really, it helps me in my own mind to say, here's, here's my work time. And then here's the family time. Yes. And then once in a while, work time kind of comes back later in the evening, yeah. but that's because I choose that and I, and I, it helps prep me for the next day. And so, um, I'd say organization has been a big um, skill that I've brought up this past year. Yeah. For sure. If you were to, um, you know, kind of reflect on the, who you are, either a childhood story or just a defining moment that maybe gave you a life philosophy, you know, I like to think yeah. of it as practical wisdom, you know, what would you call that? Um, a philosophy or practical, I, you know, I'm a team player. It, 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 I don't mean that lightly. I used to run cross country in high school um, and I would sometimes find more joy in our races or practices when I could encourage people that were running alongside me. Um, I, I'm, you know, not a runner for life. My body, you know, got injured and shin splints and all the things. But um, it, at the end of the day, I wasn't always at the head of the pack and I knew I wouldn't probably wouldn't be sometimes. Um, because there were other people on the team that were faster runners. They could, they could just um, outrun me basically. But I would always continue to encourage people along that race. And even people from the other teams who were, were struggling because you're on trails and you're out in the middle of who knows where. Um, but I found the joy in, in encouraging the team. Um, and even when I finished my race, I would run back on the trail um, to keep cheering on the rest of the team. And so I think for me this past year, you know, a lot of the work we can, we do um, as an organization in real estate, you know, and security, it's, it takes a village. 
it, we can't like one person cannot do it alone mm -hmm. and we're not expected to do it alone. And so to me, um, coming together as a team and, and helping kind of um, come up with a solution and plan together has been amazing. And then celebrating each other's wins too along the way. Mm -hmm. um, our leadership team does a great job highlighting the work that we do um, and, and coming back to us and saying, hey, thank you and, and nice job. And I try to do the same uh, for, for my teams and others mm -hmm. around me. You absolutely do. And I think what makes it even most authentic and meaningful is that you also you know, you, you have that bright side and encouragement and enthusiasm and joy. And also you feel all the feelings, you embrace the suck, you know, that you can talk publicly about grief and loss and, um, and how that is too. So I think being able to have that whole range of emotions is one of your superpowers as a leader. So thank you for sharing that with us and our listeners as well. Thank you so much, Katie. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Nikki.